This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is the second, the second Q&A from the two Matts. The, the no longer inaugural, but the second. Post-ignore. Post-inaugural. Anyway, okay. Anyway, so yeah, that's what on. it is, Q&A. Let's crack on. Thank let's you to on. all those emails we had. Sorry we can't answer them all, but because we did have a flurry, actually. But thank you to those who emailed into the two mats at tnepublishing.com. Uh, first up, let's work our way through this mailbag as sharply as we can. Question from Rob in W2. Thank you, um, Rob. Do you think Rishi Sunak will last to celebrate his second anniversary as PM? Good que- a very good question because, okay, well, the second anniversary as PM would be October the 25th, 2024. As discussed in this week's main edition of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that is a Friday. So... Um, let's say he plays it long, Sunak, yeah. and goes to the country sometime in October. Let's say it goes on October the 24th, that's a Thursday. He might just squeak in, even yeah. if he loses, and make his second anniversary. En route to the palace. En route, or en route back or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's possible. And the absolute last date you can have an election is the 28th of January 2025. Now, yeah. there's a lot of... Uh, talk about whether there'll be a a May election. But to be honest with you, I think the prevailing mood is still let's play it long Mm. um, on on the grounds that, you know, something might turn up as always what prime ministers in his position think. Yeah. And also because, and this was a funny thing that I heard um, when I was sort of scouting around this issue earlier in the week was... um, Someone quite senior in the Tory party said, well, we need a bit longer to get our jobs sorted. Yes. 
And I, I, although it was meant with a certain amount of uh, gallows humour, it was also yeah. meant with a certain amount of truth, I think. Well, it's true. What's the payoff for a, a minister these days? They, they, they get six months' money or something like this. They, they get quite a good yeah. payoff. But what, they, what they're worried about, of course, is that there's nothing so X as an ex-minister. Yeah. I mean, the day after the election, your, your value to a... You are Dominic Rabb. You are Dominic Rabb. Yeah. So they need to be getting their jobs now, or yeah. at least, you know, they need to be in the revolving door and visible yeah. to uh, executive search people. Yeah. And there's a lot of it going on. It's I don't extremely know, funny. I don't know why I think this, but I suspect that an election will come sooner. For, and really? I, well, only because I think something will come along. I don't know what it is, but something Labour will mess up something. Well, that's possible, yes. They'll have, um, maybe after the autumn statement, they'll... But you know, tighten the purse strings, and they'll maybe have a few quid to throw around in tax and, and, cuts. A, and a spring budget, which effectively uh, yeah. launches a May election or and something like that. And it won't get any better for them, I don't think, because I don't no. think they're capable of. So I think there'll come a sort of moment of panic when they'll see some movement, and Rishi, in his arrogance, will say. Right, we're going to go to the country. I haven't got a mandate. I'm going to get a mandate. We'll go the, to the country. But that's the problem, yeah. and and one that they are they are in private wrestling with, which is that he does have a mandate, which mm. he's got sixty seat working majority. So if they go earlier than Octoberish, you know, mm. they have to have a narrative about why they're going early. Now, I guess that what you could say is, well, you know, I've got so much to do. Yeah. I need an even bigger mandate. You know, I need a yeah. mandate that's attached to me. But it, it's it's tricky. But you could be right. I mean, this is not this. You're right that it's not settled yet. Yeah, it absolutely isn't settled. Okay, well, time will tell. Uh, maybe a snap earlier, but Matt is probably more on the money than me. No, I mean one, that's I just the, the sort of balance of probability. Yeah. But but I mean, you're right that if Starmer was to uh, stumble badly. Yeah, if there was any sign of the economy picking up and that crucially translating into uh, popularity, it, mm. everything could change. Okay, so next question, please. Third, Matt. Gosh, this is a long one. Over to can you read? Yeah, I can. Them? In the first Q and A pod, you said it would be. Thank you for listening to it. You said it would be better for Labour to win a majority at the general election. However, I think it would be better for the long term if there was a hung parliament. The reason being that Labour would need the Lib Dems to form a coalition government and the Lib Dems' price for that would be a move to proportional representation in our electoral system. I think proportional representation is the single most important thing that we could do to fix our broken politics. What are your thoughts? Ben Valentine. Well, I I mean, I agree with Ben on this. I do. I think at some point in the future, proportional representation has to come into our system because our politics has become more fractured over a period of time there are more disparate voices and those voices do not get a look in in this two-party system we've got and if you know you can take caroline lucas and the green party for instance if or the brexit party or (laughs) yeah well yes indeed yeah (laughs) Um, but but you know to ameliorate people's desire to have their votes translated into governmental action there's got to be some representation in government for these smaller parties. And you see it in, in other nations working perfectly well. Um, I do think there's something archaic about this first-past-the-post system now. And it does mean that there's never going to be any fundamental change in our electoral system until that, that changes. I, th- I find it very interesting, this one, because I completely see the arguments of PR. Um, what I can't see is the, the the path to getting to it. So we had this in 2010 when the Tories went into coalition with the Lib Dems and the Lib Dems said, let's have a, a vote on the electoral system at Westminster. 
And they came up with this very... The uh, AV. The AV yeah. thing, which isn't actually proportional at all. And there was a referendum in 2011 and it got turned down. And the problem is that there's a structural resistance in Westminster, even when the Lib Dems were in power, to going further. Now, we had the Roy Jenkins Commission in the 90s, which recommended a phenomenally complicated um, uh, AV plus, I think, which is you rank your your um, candidates. And then in addition to that, uh, you, there's a, a plus bit, which means that there's a list in each region where some of representatives of each party go in. But it get that gets you somewhere near proportionality. Yeah. And it didn't get anywhere. You know, it didn't get really off Roy Jenkins's desk. So um, I think it's absolutely true that it would bring um, a fairness and a clarity and perhaps some energy to politics. What I question is whether the bandwidth would exist in a Starmer-led government to do right. it. Yeah. But 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 the question it, Ben raises is a good one, which is probably Ed Davey would demand something like that if, if by the way, listeners again, just to remind <laughs> you, Ed Davey is the leader of the Liberal Democrats, <laughs> yellow, <laughs> yellow colour scheme, lovely. Um, Ed Davey would certainly demand something like yeah. that. So from Ben's point of view, he's right. Uh, the 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 co- a coalition might be the best way to that. Yeah. The only thing I'd caution against is that the Tory Lib Dem coalition worked because they were culturally quite similar, Cameron Clegg and a lot of the senior Lib Dems and senior Tories. Um, a, gu- a better guide to how British two-party governments work would be the tw- the 2017 to 19 um, Theresa May and DUP Conference. That marriage made in heaven. That was pretty <laughs> grim, and you know, it's just a warning: be careful what you wish for. Yeah, That's all I'd say. Enough. Good point. Good point. Next question, please. Is the internet a digital tower of Babel? Is everyone speaking their own language so loudly that nobody can hear anything anymore? Mike McCormack. Thank you, Mike, for that question. Well, I mean, I think that's a bit unfair on the Tower of Babel. <laughs> Um, um, yes, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for the question. It's a very good question. Um, it, it's it certainly is, and it makes me laugh because I remember uh, with a certain amount of embarrassment that back in the sort of two thousand and four five period, there was a thing called Web two zero, mm. which was this great movement that this idea that with social media and smartphones and we were all going to come together and it was going to be like that Coke advert, you know, yeah. I'd like to teach the world to sing, okay? And <laughs> tyrannies would topple and people yeah. would talk to one another and go and visit their neighbours and friendship would just is prosper that not, Is that not your lived reality of the internet? Well, I mean, I I'm, can only speak for myself. <laughs> um, I can only stay in my lane, Matt. But yeah. um, I, it's not actually panned out that no, way, has it? No. Um and um, it doesn't show any signs of getting better. So, I mean, the people who founded the internet and the web are very strict when this is raised with them. They say, well, you know, it just, it's just holds a mirror up to human nature. And that's true up to a point. But some mirrors, you know, show the image more sharply than others. Yeah. And the internet, I, I think actually the, also the internet, it amplifies uh, division and polarization yeah. and hatred and fear yeah. and i wonder whether I, I i suspect mike's talking specifically about social media um, oh uh, yes absolutely because w- when you think about the internet itself i mean it's 
it's it's impossible to imagine a world before the internet. We both lived in a world before the internet. Yes, and hard and to imagine. It's impossible it to imagine yes. what that was like before. So I think there's a great deal of good that the internet has brought. But and I, I also think there was a great deal of good that social media brought to a point. You think about Black Lives Matter and the Me Too. You know, Arab though, Spring. Arab Spring. Absolutely, absolutely right. So it's impossible that those things would have had the effect that oh, they've yeah. had uh, without social media. But I do think now, when you look at the, you know, let's take the crisis in the Middle East. Well, right we now, talked about this on the main podcast. You know, it we? has just become utterly, utterly pointless. You know. Yeah, and it's a vector for. Um, it, it's a vector for serious disinformation and. Yeah. I fear we're in the foothills of it because deep fakes and AI are going to make it even yeah. easier to uh, confect lies and, uh, and and really generate. I mean, th- there's consequences to this. It, yeah. This isn't a sort of a- academic issue. You, yeah. you could, if a tweet uh, can cause a lot of damage, or, you know, it really no, can. Definitely, definitely. I think there's a, an equation about social media plus AI equals a massive fucking disaster. Oh, I think I think yeah. this has only started. And one of the things that has p- consistently worried me is that, you know, the tech revolution is so fast that governments and um, all over the world are just, they're ba- I mean, they're barely able to keep up no. with where we were in 2004, let alone where we are in 2023. Yeah, so true. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, next question, please. Right, shall I do this? You get all the long ones. And from Andrew Davis, thank you, Andrew. Uh, what is your insider take on what is being done to ensure 
there is an official record of government day-to-day decision-making now that WhatsApp records have proved so damning at the COVID inquiry, with the undoubted result that current politician civil servants will have long ago activated the auto-delete function on whatever messaging platform they're now using. Great question. It is a, it's an amazing question. And, um, and I, I do think, so with a caveat, which I'll come on to, I do think there has to be Working on the principle, what have they got to hide, right, in the mm. fullness of time? The caveat being that, obviously, in a any working business or government or organisation, there has to be the elasticity to have a conversation where you might say something that you then change your mind about. You know, otherwise, it just becomes a dogmatic flow of of of, of statements, and there's no room for dialogue and debate and and if that dialogue and debate's happening on whatsapp then fine it's as good a a platform as any but i do think that there should be absolute transparency in government especially when something goes wrong or there's the potential to make a case that something went wrong and we as a nation can learn from what went wrong and the idea that people are having meaningful material conversations on WhatsApp and then deleting everything and it becoming very difficult to understand what happened seems to me to be completely against the public interest. You know, if you're arguing purely on what is in the public's interest, I think the answer has to be a full documentation of what happened and why, with the caveat that it may never be called upon. It may never be exposed to the public unless there's a really proper and plausible reason for it to be exposed. You know, I think if anybody says, I don't want them to see my WhatsApp messages because I'm embarrassed and ashamed of them, then that's the problem, not the WhatsApp messages. You know, it's the way you behaved and that should be no good reason for hiding them from people. No, completely. I mean, I think the problem in all of this is that it's got very blurred, the line between what's informal and what's official. So WhatsApp is a fantastically useful communications tool. I mean, it really is. Um, Yeah, we use it all the time ourselves, you know, when we're we're thinking about what to do on the pod and other things. Um, And obviously in politics and in Whitehall, it's proved incredibly useful because it's much, much quicker than minute-taking and sending around of, you know, even emails, frankly, it's quicker. But the problem with that is that, as we observed during COVID and the COVID inquiry is revealing, you know, to pretty vivid and lurid effect, a lot of the decision making was going on on WhatsApp. It wasn't sort of the backdrop. It wasn't the quiet word in the corridor. It was the forum. Yeah. And if that's the case, and it is, it really is, then I think there's no question that if you are working in government um, a politician or a um, permanent official, you you have to regard all your communications as fair game. Yeah. Um, now, I agree with you, Matt. I think that, you know, there has to be some sort of threshold reached because otherwise people won't be able to function as human beings. Um, but I think they should, you know, if you are in the business of government, you have to accept that everything you do and say and write um in 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 these sort of on these sort of platforms may one day be um subpoenaed or called yeah. into evidence and unfortunately i mean that's a gross it's a great change in the way that the world works but i think in in 2023 it's it's a necessary one yeah but and also if you if you have that in the back of your head that there's a chance that this will come out it might make you behave in a think better twice, way and exactly. think twice about yeah. saying and doing one of my big bugbears my 
you know, we were just talking about social media, is how I suspect that policy, government policy, white papers, actually originate in tweets six, yes. nine months previously. Someone has some hot take on something, and then it becomes very hard to back away from that. And it ends up as government policy, you know. Whereas if you're more cautious and take a little bit more time, and perhaps this is one of the, the bad sides of the internet where everything is so instant and reactive. If if you take a little bit more time and uh, you're a bit more thoughtful, perhaps policy will be a little bit better. Well, thoughtfulness is the word, I think, which is that there was, you know, the old ways were very slow, but they were thoughtful. And I think what we need to do is find some sort of happy medium between the two, which is yeah. that the problem with WhatsApp it is it encourages you to use the sort of ironic you know demotic you know very 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 fast talk of social yeah, media yeah. and that is not actually a good way to govern no it's not a family let alone a, it's a good way to ask what, what what you want for dinner tonight what do you want for dinner or do you fancy you, going to see this movie or you know but it's yeah. not necessarily a, shall we have a lockdown yeah it's, it's not a great <laughs> Improvement on carrier pigeons, to be honest. I think they'd have been better. Car- well, carrier pigeons at least took a little while to travel. Yes, exactly. You'd have you time know. to think. Bring back carrier pigeons to Whitehall. <laughs> yes, Ford. Right. Okay, next question. This is from Mo in Birmingham. Okay. A lot of Trump's allies seem to be seeking plea deals. Do you think the net is closing? Brackets, I hope so. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, I mean, thank you, Mo, for that. It's, a, it's interesting how... With the the crisis in the Middle East, Trump, which we were talking about almost on a weekly basis, has sort of gone on the back burner and inevitably so. But meanwhile, um, it is true, as Mo says. I mean, uh, some of the crucial figures in the Stop the Steal campaign, which were around um, Trump in early uh, 2021 and thereafter, um, are now doing plea deals and or turning states and one of them Sidney Powell the, the 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 attorney who really led the charge along with Giuliani on Fox News and then there's Kenneth Cheeseborough and Jenna Ellis they've all done plea deals in the Georgia racketeering case um his former chief of staff Mark Meadows has, has secured an immunity deal with the special counsel Jack Smith that's the uh the election interference the federal election interference case and I think that it does matter because one of the things that Trump has always relied upon is is the sort of idea of impenetrable loyalty. You know, his gang are his gang. Nobody, you know, nobody messes with him. Mm. And yet here are the people, you know, that were the real hardcore, that, you know, the last of the Americans that stuck with him. And they're all like, um, you know, mafia sort of second rank people yeah. deciding to take it. And that makes him look weak. Yeah. Um, just on the other another point about the trials I noticed is that I was checking this morning about the, the, the some of the trial dates and the big Jack Smith federal case goes to court on March 2024 as does the Manhattan criminal case March 2024 now guess what's on March the 5th Super Tuesday yeah right how, you do start to think how is this going to work it's, do you know, it was very, I was listening to uh, the Today programme the other day, I think it might have been Thursday morning, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was yes. On. And Arnie, who I have oh, you're to doing. say, I'm, I'm, get, I'm increasingly getting a man crush on oh. Arnie. I mean, absolutely. When you look at his, the breadth of what he's achieved in life. It's amazing. And also, I mean, obviously he's made mistakes in his personal life, which he's paid for and stuff. And, you know, that's all brought up in that in the, the great kind of Netflix um Arnie, yes. Arnie, which is which is it's fabulous. For you. I'm sure viewing. we've mentioned that in the past. 
But Arnie's now got this new book called Be Useful. And Be it's useful. kind of, I've never read a self-help book in my life. This is not about this, you know, this is about how you... got to have a vision. Mesh yourself got to have into a vision, society. not a dream, exactly, a vision. Exactly, exactly. But he was saying, Justin Webb asked him, um, what about Donald Trump, you know, as, as president? And he said, it's, it's not even worth talking about. He was so dismissive of it. He yes. said, it's never going to happen. He said, it's a fantasy. You know, the idea, he's got 30% of a vote of hardcore kind of Republicans. But so he maybe he'll get the nomination. But he said, it's a fantasy that he'll be re-elected president. And he said, the great tragedy is something that we've discussed before, which is you got a guy in his late 70s and a guy in his early 80s. And where is, where's the new yes. ideas? Where's yeah. the energy? And, he, and Arnie keeps talking about, as does Trump, by the way, uh, about people's energy levels. Yes. You know, and I think that is the critical factor, isn't it? And yes. Arnie's saying he doesn't think Trump's got the energy or the ideas or the uh, brains Arnie, for this. Arnie certainly does. It's such I a mean, shame that they oh, have this I mean, rule. It, it, you know? I, I mean, there was talk at one point of a constitutional amendment yeah. to allow him to stand. Because, the Arnie I mean, Amendment. The Arnie mm. Amendment. I mean, as Bill Burr, one of my favourite stand-ups, said of Schwarzenegger, you know, he became governor of a state whose name he couldn't even pronounce, yeah. California. <laughs> you know, how awesome is that? That's great. You know, I, um, I love the, the, um, the thing. Somebody interviewed him and they said to, uh, can you just please double check I've spelt your name right? And they said it takes Arnold Schwarzenegger five seconds to check the spelling of his own name. <laughs> it's kind of, that's what I did, you double G-E-R. Yes, that's correct. Bye. <laughs> how are you? Right, we're on our last question now, I believe. Um, okay. Oh, yes. Oh, God, they saved the most profound ones to last. The big question for the two Mats fans, what are your favourite biscuits, asks Jane in Stoke Newington. Well, that's a profound one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I, here's the thing is, um, I suppose, gosh, uh, what's my favourite biscuit? It, hypothetically, I'd still go for the chocolate hobnob, but I think one of my best decisions in 2023 was to turn my back on biscuits. Really? Because, well, I think they... They, Do they, add they promise much and yes. deliver little, you yeah, know, yeah. which is that they, they, have, they, they have the siren call of deliciousness, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But really, does it amount to anything? Well, so my favourite biscuit, I'm not even sure if they do them anymore, but they do a sort of posh version of them now called Biscoff. Biscoff. But, but when I was a kid, they were called malted milk. Do you remember malted yes, milk? Yes, I do biscuits? remember that. Yes. And they had a, I must Google it and see what they look like. I think they had a variety of designs kind of imprinted into the into the biscuit itself but the biscuit was fantastic for like it had that lovely malty umami kind of yeah flavor but it dunked really well as okay. well well into, that of course is a crucial coffee which is a crucial so metric i'm going for malted milk and matt d is going for nothing i'm saying just say no but i'm a li <laughs> i'm a libertarian on biscuits so if you if you want to engage with biscuits please do Okay, well, on that um, on that bombshell, <laughs> biscuit bombshell, on that biscuit bombshell, we will bid you adieu. Please email your questions to two mats at tnepublishing.com. That's two mats, the number two, m a t t s at tnepublishing.com. And until next week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. goodbye.